Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Ford uh, uh, Auto Home Life Business. They'll have you completely covered. Bundles. Also, some Sunbury Broadcasting has a, a special accident insurance suit, right? That's right. Uh, just. I couldn't buy enough of that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll also make sure along the way that they'll update your policy. They'll make sure you're always insured. But they'll also make sure that you get the best price. Budget's important, too. It's all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. Play-by-play call of the day. Austin Reeves with a big one. 30 seconds to go on the second OT. Reeves from 14. Wow. It's going to be like the previous closure of the regulation period. But what a play by Reeves here, Chris. Well, it's a false ball screen. You're trying to get West Virginia to react. Miles My- McBride stays locked in on Reeves. Yeah, Austin Reeves. Uh, pretty good one for Oklahoma. Game of the weekend. Yeah, no, really good. Uh, really good. Okay. Um, the Pirates... We're not going to probably talk a lot about them this year because they may only win 50 games. Alex Stump from DK Sports uh, is the only person that we know that actually knows some of the names. Alex, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. Okay, uh, Alex is our first caller today with an opportunity to win uh, tickets. Uh, to, uh, I'll ask whose name one pirate. All right, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How much time do I have? Uh, I'm going to give you five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. just to make it fair. <laughs> you know, just so you know, I, I sit there and I, I, I know I understand what they're doing. Does anybody else uh, down there, does this, what they're doing make sense? I mean, say what you want. They at least have a direction right now, which is more than what could have been said for the couple of years beforehand. I mean, this is a rebuild, and there is no other way around it. And this major league team is going to be pretty bad in 2021 and probably in 2022. But when some of these kids start coming up late in 2022, early 2023, there's going to be a lot of talent, ideally, in this system. And it's really going to rely on the player development. But, uh, Alex, with all due respect, how do we know that? Because last year, nobody played minor league baseball. That's that's fair. I mean, they the Pirates have revamped a lot of their player development. Right, they got a new farm director in John Baker. They have a new uh, pitching coordinator at Josh Hopper. They've 
really done what they could, you know, tracking guys throughout this off season or throughout this past year where they just couldn't, you know, like you said, have a lot of people actually in camp, but they were able to bring some people in in uh, the Altoona camp. Basically, every of the other ones of the top prospects that they had were able to go to a development camp in October. So they have gotten their hands on a lot of people. But you're right, they haven't been able to play games. This is going to be a very pivotal year for this organization. Is this a good time to do this because the fans can't vote by not showing up? I mean, that's it'd be hard to say it's a coincidence because it, it, it is a coincidence. And, I mean, they'll be able to fill 25% capacity whenever they will, whenever they eventually get the green light from the state and local governments to bring people into PNC Park. But, I mean, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh. Honestly, as frustrated as a lot of people are that this is going to be a, a rebuilding club, they do like that there is some sort of direction. Because for years, it was, well, we've got a couple good major league players, and we'll trade one away and just see what happens. And then we'll trade one away and just see what happens. You know, a, a slow rot. This is a teardown, and now they're building back up. We're with Alex Stump, by the way, DK Sports in Pittsburgh. And uh, Alex, all right. So they've made these moves, although I feel like I'm watching a scene in the movie Major League where the owner hands everybody a piece of paper and says, these are the people we're inviting to spring training. And everybody goes, who are these people? Right? Then cross the name off. Uh, it's, so who's the – I mean, but you have to have some core group to build around, don't you? Who's the core group? Uh, position player-wise, it'd be Cabrian Hayes, who was just outstanding in September last year, whenever he finally got the call up. Here's a guy who's... And I agree with that, by the way, Alex. He was really good. Yeah. And basically every outlet has him as the best third-base prospect in all baseball. So there is a legitimate stud in the lineup to build around in the same way that there was 10 or so years ago with Andrew McCutcheon. That they do, okay, they have a legitimate guy to to build around in that regard. Um, Mitch Keller... He threw back-to-back no-hit outings in his last two starts of the season. Last year, they weren't full games, but there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Uh, and they're also going to be bringing up a lot of their other top prospects, like Quinn Priester is someone that some scouts believe could end up being one of the very best pitching prospects by the end of this year. Nick Gonzalez is a seventh overall draft pick last year who people think is going to be one of the best position players at his or best prospects at his position. There's a lot of young talent in the organization. There's just going to be a lot of growing pains to get there. All right. So there's always, uh, I know when it comes to young players, and I'm talking about Alex now, this is a collegiate level that I'm talking about here, not the pro level. Mm -hmm. You'd rather play a a guy a game too late than a game too early because you risk losing confidence if it doesn't go well. So you're trying to, you know, the timing of it is difficult. How difficult is the timing on some of these prospects for the Pirates? Because they may come out, for example, a pitcher may get bombed four or five times in a row, and they lose confidence, and now you're starting from square one. So what is the, how delicate is the timing on some of these prospects? Well, for some, it is. And just to touch on the mental side of it, that's something that the Pirates really did want to focus on this year with the John Baker hiring because he was the head um, metal skills coach for the Cubs. That was his big part of the resume, why they ended up uh, yeah. signing him. So they, they are taking that very much into consideration. But 
I, I think the Pirates do a good job of making sure guys don't get too high, they don't get too low. They want to make sure that they actually develop. And, yeah, you are going to get hit a couple times in a row if you're a pitcher. There really right. is no way yeah. around it, no matter how good you are. Sure. It's just yeah. learning how to move forward after that. Yeah, well, part of the problem is if it happens a lot, <laughs> then all of a sudden you look like, okay, wait, we may have done this too soon. Um, all right. So on the when it comes to the, the bullpen, Okay, first of all, who do you expect the five starters to be? And then who then becomes a guy that they'd like to close with? I think the only three that you can really write into pen into the rotation right now are Mitch Keller, who right. is exactly. a legitimate young pitching stud. Um, Chad Cole and Stephen Brault are the other two, just two guys that have been around for a while. They have they they are good major league quality starters. They're not aces, they're not anything, but if you right. want to put them into a rotation, there's really no objection there. After that, it's kind of up for debate. I got to talk to Ben Charrington this weekend. He said that they are still looking at starting pitching free agents, but that field is starting to thin. Um, if they aren't able to bring in someone from there, Miguel Yajure was someone that they got in the tie-on trade who probably was going to be the Yankees' fifth starter this year if the Yankees didn't end up making that trade. So right. you have to imagine he's got a pretty good shot, 22-year-old kid, good potential. Uh, J.T. Brubaker, Cody Ponce, two guys who looked pretty good last year. In limited roles, uh, Will Crow came over the Josh Bell trade. They've, they've got some options to get through the year. Oh, boy, that's the big part, getting through the year. Uh, I want to get to uh, something big picture. The Biden administration and Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, met, and the union was asked to be a part of it. The union said no because the union does not want to start the season later and play fewer games. The union also says, hey, look, uh, because you're tying the DH to extended postseason, we're saying no to that as well. How do you see the divide between the union and ownership right now? Because, I mean, the, the, the Biden administration asked them to go to the meeting, and they said no. Yeah, and just to add a little more uh, clarity to that, the Biden administration asked that after the two sides had already, dis- had already rejected the or the union had projected Major League Baseball's proposal, not both sides rejected it, I should say. Right. So that was just one thing. But, yeah, it doesn't look good. And you know what? There's a collective bargaining. The collective bargaining agreement is expiring at the end of this year. And it's, it's concerning because it does look like there could be a labor stoppage in 2022. Uh, the 154-game schedule, there was language that the union didn't like that potentially gave what they felt uh, it potentially gave Ron Manfred the opportunity to shorten the season even further without paying. They just went through that whole prorated saga last season, you know, fighting for that. It's the two sides are pretty far apart right now. And these past negotiations don't exactly inspire a lot of confidence that a new CBA will be able to be reached peacefully. And, that's concerning for the future of Major League Baseball because, as bad as those labor relations are, they are the log- they are the sport that has gone the longest without a lockout or strike. Right. It's been twenty five ninety four was the last time it happened. So, I'm sure both sides don't want that to change, but it's definitely on the table if they aren't able to aren't able to see out eye on anything eventually. Because the DH in part was tied to extended postseason, which the players don't, the extended postseason they don't really benefit from. The owners are the ones that really benefit financially from extended postseason. But, that aside, 
you're now going to ask pitchers to do something they haven't done in 18, almost 19 months. You're going to ask them to hit in a major league game. How concerning is that? I mean, it's definitely going to be something to watch. I mean, a lot of these pitchers, the the thing is, both the owners and the players at both sides kind of agree that, yeah, a universal DH is probably the way to go. I'm a baseball purist. I don't like it, but I recognize that it's it's a losing battle. There is going to be a universal DH at some point in this league. Um, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, Adam Wainwright is a great example for the Cardinals a couple years ago, whatever they were you know, competing with the Pirates every single year. They lost Wainwright almost for the entire season because he was batting in a spring training game. Right. And then there have been pitchers that have been lost, for example, running the bases for, for a yeah. couple starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe it will take just one more Adam Wainwright type starter for both sides to be like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. It's sad in that regard because there is a joy to the old school style of baseball of having pitchers go up and bunt and occasionally swig away and provide a little help offensively for the team. But yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch after, like you said, 18 months. And it's not only, you know, 18 months. A lot of pitchers don't do a whole lot of cage work in general. Maybe they lay down some bunts right. you know, once in a while, but they haven't seen 98, 99 from anyone. Right. I mean, see, to me, that is, um, that's, that's the concern here. I mean, I understand that from the union's point of view, I understand what they're saying because they link because Major League Baseball, really, instead of doing individual stuff, every time we turn around, things are linked. Stop linking stuff and just negotiate them one at a time. Right? You'd be shocked how fast things go. Okay? Okay? It's a move that, to me, takes a core group of individuals and puts them in a really difficult spot. I mean, you're asking pitchers that have not hit in 18 months to now go up there and go against Araldis Chapman. Good luck. Now, they won't because Chapman will be facing a hitter, I understand, because it's a pinch hitter. But you see my point. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know what? Like we were saying about how just divided these two teams are, honestly, the best thing the league could probably do is to offer an olive branch just before the season starts, either to the universal DH, either maybe expanding rosters for the first month of the season, like how they proposed exactly. that they did last year. Exactly. Just, you know, like, all right, let's clear a little bit of the bad air before we have to actually sit down at the negotiating table because there is no other way around it. That's going to get ugly. And if you can start from even just a little better place, that could make a huge difference. Absolute pleasure, Alex. Appreciate it very much. And... Pirate fans appreciate the fact that even though some of the names were made up, you gave us some names. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I swear Chase and Shrev is a real person. I promise. <laughs> but, but is he a player? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alex, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking with you again. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Are we sure? Some of those names were real. I mean, it's taken us a long time to convince people the suit's real. All right. Howie Roseman might as well won the Pirates. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to put that in there. It was too good. I begged you to seek therapy. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance.
This winter has been brutal, but at least I can still get around. Whew, in my new all-wheel drive Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia makes getting around easy with the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano. You'll love the new look inside and out. Sunbury Motors Kia has six in stock with 1.9% financing for up to 66 months. 2021 Kia Serrano's start at 31490 That's not the only all-wheel drive Sunbury Motors Kia has to help you get around. The 2021 Kia Sportage is ready for winter adventures and starts at 23464 And there's 23 to choose from. Also, check out the 2021 all-wheel drive Seltos and K5. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Let the adventure begin at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Financing through KMF. Warranties a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer over to Kia.com. So, Kale Sanderson yesterday. Penn State uh, ranked third in the country, beat second-ranked Michigan. By the way, it looks like they found a 125-pounder, huh? 18-13 for Kale his 200th career dual meet win as a head coach, including his time at Iowa State. And so Dick Girardi were kidding around a little bit about that yesterday. As we said, uh, what has he got, three losses? <laughs> Which, of course, you know, he has, what, 26? I mean, 26? Yeah. Amazing, huh? And by the way, that gets them to four, doesn't it? It should get them to four. So that means everybody, almost almost everybody who wrestled yesterday got their fourth match in, which was big. That was really big. Especially for those who are looking for wild card potential. So you got a coach with 1,300 wins. You got another one with uh, 200 wins. Got some people around here who can coach. How about that? I realize that you would feel better if you were the coach of the Eagles. And or GM. <laughs> I, I I said before I begged you to get therapy. We're still working on it. I just I worry about you, fella. I I do. I just, didn't used to. Now it's it's a problem. <laughs> oh my goodness. So. Well, great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, and uh, by the way, Ohio State is now ranked fourth in the uh, latest AP poll. Doesn't matter because the the selection committee put out its top sixteen seeds, four in each, and. Uh, Ohio State was on the top line. Michigan, Ohio State, Gonzaga, and Baylor. Uh, yeah. So, 
those have been the top teams. Michigan was fabulous yesterday. Michigan comes off the pause, falls behind by 12 on the road at Madison. They were down, what, I think 39-27. Livers scored the last bucket of the half to make it 10. Livers then scored the opening bucket of the second half to make 8. And they never looked back. They never looked back. Remarkable. Now, the key is going to be how they're going to play in their second game. I don't know. I, I did not see the schedule. I don't know. I know Michigan plays Ohio State Saturday. Obviously, with, with makeup games, they've got to have another game in between this week. So, now who that's against, I don't know. By the time they get to Saturday, they're going to, they're going to be fine. It's just their legs may be shot just from playing a game. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motor Studio on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. They'll make sure insured, and they'll also do it in such a way where not only you cover, but they'll give you the best price possible. Maybe they do it in bundles. But it's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Any group that gives back to the community the way they do. Um, just tells you how dedicated they are to the community. Great to have you with us here on the show today. We're also in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Along the way, if we can um, do anything to calm Matt down, I'm for it. (laughs) Always appreciated. No, I'm concerned. We're slowly getting there day by day. Yeah, but then the season's going to start. But at least right now, the Flyers hopefully will be back this week from their COVID break. The Sixers are still doing pretty good. Baseball starts soon. I just realized that, thank God I'm not a Pirates fan. I think the Pirates are worse than the Eagles, so at least that just gives me some sort of semblance here. So we'll no, be okay no, the next couple of months. No offense. The Pirates are worse than anybody. <laughs> True. 
But oh that means they're still worse than the Eagles, goodness. which is fine. That helps. It's unbelievable. And they're doing this under the cover of a pandemic. I'm not joke. That's not a joke. No, you're totally right. It's it's if you beyond embarrassing. There, if you are sitting there and you want to do this and the fans have the ability to say we're not showing up you uh, I mean now I mean now you feel like quote you're out in the open now it's not like that Not like that at all. Now they're doing it under the cover of um, of a pandemic. Feel like you're hiding from everybody. You should do it. You can get away with doing this because the you know you're not people aren't not showing up, or they're showing up, and guess what? They're mad at you. It is cowardly on their part. It's the way it is. It's the way it is. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. What are other talk shows doing today? Sure, LeBron did something, right? Did LeBron do something? Anything? On the court, yes. And apparently there's two teams, Dallas and somebody else, that wants to try to bring him in for a tryout. Good for them. Talk about LeBron James. Yes. It's wonderful. Suns send number 10 overall pick Jalen Smith to G League. Uh, Sticks. Sticksmith. Gone. All right. Uh, Off to the G League. Not not good. Okay. The, uh... What Michigan did yesterday was remarkable. Michigan and Ohio State are going to be playing coming up on uh, Saturday. Ohio State has to play here first. Okay. So you're sitting there, you're saying, gee, I hope they're looking uh, forward here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're hoping for that. That's not what's going to happen, but you're hoping for it. (laughs) Because Ohio State's interesting, though. I watch Ohio State play, and and Dick and I were talking about this today, Dick Girardi and I. We're talking about this today. And we're like, they're good. Right? They're good. And 
but that's what they are. They're good. There's nothing about them where you look at and go, wow, they're spectacular. They have an undersized big man. They have a point guard that can't shoot. They have an off guard who can go off for 20 one day and can go scoreless the next. They have a three-point shooter that is phenomenal but doesn't play defense. And they have a protector in the four spot for Liddell and Kyle Young that just absolutely fights his guts out on every single play. They have a guy in Seth Towns that was that was thought to be a, a superstar coming out of out of Harvard, but he's been hurt for a couple of years. And they're they're an interesting team. I know we say this every year, Steve, about the tournament, that it's going to be like the craziest one ever. But I really think that's going to be the case this year because, once again, as it's been all year, and it shows really shows at the top five now, Gonzaga and Baylor, a couple of good, couple of solid teams in the Big Ten, and then who knows what team's going to show up. And even with the three solid teams in the Big Ten, are you going to get them on a good day or a bad day? It, it This is going to be the most unpredictable tournament yet, I do think. Minus yeah, the top can, two teams. It can be, but I think it's going to be one of the least watched tournaments. I can also see that too because the level of play has been so down. I've never seen this bad level of play all from a college basketball standpoint overall this year too. I can totally see that. Well, yep. I'll be honest with you though. I, I sit there and I watch... All right. I watch um, uh, Gonzaga play. They play at a beautiful level. Gonzaga plays beautiful basketball, both ends of the floor. Baylor, I think, went, you know, because Baylor's been in and out of this doggone thing, plays terrific basketball at both ends of the floor. I don't know. I like everybody thought I, the first four games see, was was ugly basketball. I think you're going to see that perhaps through the Sweet 16. I, I think it's going to be the, one of the least tournaments watched for this reason. You don't. Have, I mentioned this last week. You don't have the blue bloods involved. And as much as look, Cinderella is adorable until Cinderella keeps winning. You know, like oh, okay, where's Duke? Yeah, there's that too. No, I, and that's not to put down Cinderella. Cinderella is adorable on the first weekend. It, Cinderella is not adorable on the second weekend. People are were not. By the way, you and uh, Kevin both called the Loyola win over Duke over Drake. I think they beat him twice, right? They did. Yeah, actually, I, I picked Drake yeah. myself. King had that one all the way. Well, that's his baby because he was right. Loyola made it to the Final Four a couple of years ago. Well, that's wonderful. 
But Loyola wasn't out there getting bandwagon fans as the season went, as the postseason went. As they went, they're like, okay, when's this group going to be eliminated? Sister Jean is wonderful, but it's it's not your reason. She doesn't play the game. And you're watching, for example, uh, a couple of years ago when Zion Williams was in the tournament, people couldn't wait to watch him in the tournament. Now, some people wanted to watch him fail. Some people wanted to watch him succeed. But that's with Duke and Kentucky and so forth. You may There may be the common complaint, oh, I'm sick of watching those guys every year. Well, what you're going to find is that people are going to be hoping to get them back into the thing. I would go almost as far to say, Steve, is you're not going to see – I guess the only way that you're going to call a quote-unquote Cinderella team is a low a, – uh, like a Drake or those type of lower Division one schools. But are they going to be the characteristics of – are they going to have wins like a Cinderella team? I don't think so because the level of competition is not great. I, just from watching the Patriot League this year on, on my end, I think Navy, if they win the tournament – they can compete with any of these teams that we've that we've talked about before, and maybe but, even Colgate because they shoot so well. But it has it has no lure. Now I'd watch Navy because of Ed Ed DeCellis. Right, so, you know, like a game like that becomes personal for me because I'm friends with the coach. But when you're talking about like a casual audience on a national basis, they're not going to sit there and go, hey, Navy's playing today. Let's watch. Navy's going to play Loyola Chicago. Terrific. <laughs> it's great. What time's the Kentucky game on? They're not in the tournament. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the cat, the, the, the fan fan, the person that is fanatic is, fan is short for fanatic. All right? That person is going to be into whatever happens. They're going to love it. They're going to love it because they're fans and love the game. They love the tournament. It's the casual fan that needs to have the... Additional push of a big name in there. You need a lot of big names right now. Going to be sitting this doggone thing out. And yeah, you know, and they're sitting it out because of performance. They're not sitting it out because because somebody said you can't go. I mean, you're going to have, for example. Like, who will be sitting out that um, chose to sit out? Arizona's sitting out. So now you got some people in the West are going, ah, really? I don't know about this. You get a lot of that going on. There's no Arizona. So they're choosing to sit out. Probably not going to have Duke. You're not going to have Michigan State. You're not going to have Kentucky. Uh,. The NCAA needs to play the tournament. Now, they get a long-term TV contract, so, I mean, that's not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be 
I just think there's a chance that the low the ratings could be a little bit lower than usual. And I don't know where anything goes from here. Nobody knows. Uh, certain assumptions were made, and some of them were on my part, by the way. Some of them were on my part. I thought when sports got going, going back in, you might see some, you know, like trending in the other direction. Instead, a lot of it went down. Under the category of whoops. Now, some of it was time of the year, but not all of it. And some of it's also not having fans in the stands. Now that does that that also does come into play. I you know, I you know, I understand that part. But I mean some of it is. I mean, the only the only NFL team that saw a rise in ratings this year was the Eagles, and that's just maybe that's just out of people couldn't wait for them to fail. <laughs> we're sure we're not talking about blood pressure charts here. No, we'd have a camera at your house for that. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Check out check out check out this guy on YouTube. All right, back with more in a moment here on. News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. 2021 has begun, and this is the perfect time to make sure you're protecting what matters most. Whether it be you, your family, or your business, we have the experience and knowledge you need to help navigate through the process. Our office remains available to service our new and current clients by phone at 570-286-5855 by email, and by appointment. Purdy Insurance, what can we do for you? All right, let's just quickly check here. Oh, look, Wentz is still an eagle. Hmm, how about that? And at this hour, Zach Ertz is still an eagle, but you want to get rid of him too, right? Uh, not really, but I, I I see why that it, it might be time to move on. But I I'm not I'm not I guess I'm not ready to do that yet. Oh wow! Check this out. UConn is number one in women's basketball. Wow! Who would have thought that? Who would have? Who would have thought that breaking news? <laughs> wow. Boy, I hope Gino knows how to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. That, that group. I think he, I, I, I believe he just selects, doesn't he? Something like that. Uh, we'll find out more about what Tim Banks decides to do. There are reports that uh, um, 
Tim Banks has at least been offered the defensive coordinator job at uh, Tennessee. The question is, but, you know, to our knowledge, he hasn't officially taken it. So we'll see. Uh, Tim's a really good coach. Good guy. I mean, Tim's a really good coach. Good guy. Uh, Excellent recruiter. Good position coach. And we'll see how it plays out. So... Tennessee was a new coach with um, Josh Heupel. By the way, Gus Malzahn got his job at the UCF. So Gus is back in business, which eliminates him from being a possible Eagles Good, he can stay there. You're just... Everything is hate. But my heart goes out to him because now he goes to a very demanding fan base who thinks they've won the national title the last couple of years. I understand that. So I do feel I for him there. I know you do. Because you're the kind of person that cares. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just honest. I, I, I just I, I give you my honest opinion. Oh, you're frightening. All right. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But Gus is the head coach at UCF. We'll see what Tim Banks wants to do. I don't know. We'll see. Really like him a lot, though. I know that. And we'll see. Nothing is uh, etched in stone. Tennessee, I mean, you want to talk about about a fan base that is... um, thinks that they're all that and more. (laughs) Yeah. They're an interesting group. I mean, they really think that they are um, like their national championship quality. You sit there and go, what in the heck are you talking about? They've had one. You know how many ten-win seasons in the last sixteen years that um, Tennessee's had? One. That was about to be my guess. One. They've had one. That's phenomenal. They've had eight losing seasons out of sixteen. They've had six different full-time head coaches and two interims, a total of eight in 16 years. Wow. 